some of you um, were here the last time I spoke at Tuesday together, right, um, where I spoke about one thing only, knowing God. And we uh, concentrated that, that evening on these different aspects. So to know God, we need a heart of prayer, a heart of surrender, a heart of service, a heart of witness, and a heart of ambition for God's kingdom. And uh, so when I was thinking about where to go really today, knowing that we would be a select few, uh, I felt that I would like to continue thinking about the importance of our heart. So this morning, what I would say to you is, how is your heart? All right, now, some of us, all right, um, like Dad, for instance, obviously he's got an underlying heart condition that affects the way um, that he's able to cope with uh, what the bo his body throws at him these days at, at the age that he is. Um, we know all the people who've got heart conditions. But I'm not talking about our physical heart, really, this morning, am I? I'm talking about the, the heart of us as a person, right? the real part of us. And so this morning, I want you to think about that in particular. Okay, so I'm going to start uh, uh, with the uh, Jubilee. So for the Jubilee, we have a uh, queen who's been on the throne for, as we say, 70 years. And she's a very special person. And because she's a special person of value and importance, she always has a guard, doesn't she? You know, we think about the changing of the guard and so on at the palace. And also, she'll obviously have personal um, protection as well, sort of um, behind the scenes that you're not so aware of. Um, in fact, there was a bit of a hoo-ha, wasn't there, about Harry coming and whether he could have the right protection and so on. So if people of importance right, need to have protection to make sure that uh, they are not attacked or, or whatever. So, And we're the same. If we've got things that are important to us, um, you know, jewellery or things like that, or uh, special possessions, we usually have them put somewhere safe. And if they're really, really valuable, we may even have got a special box at the bank, you know, that you keep these things in. All right, so things that are important, we put a guard on. The Queen's got a guard. We've got things that we may have a guard on. So our theme really for this morning is guarding our heart. Guard your heart. Uh, so Sam, we should be on about slide three, I think. In Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, we are given this very wise advice. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Why do we, we need to have a guard on our heart? Well, the remainder of the verse explains very clearly why. Because it says, before everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So everything about us, the way we live our life, the way we speak, the way we act, is governed by and or flows out from uh, the attitudes and so on of our heart. The condition of our heart we can't kind of lock it away. It spills out. And so if it's not in good condition, that's not a good thing. If it's in good condition, then that's a better thing. 
So we all know that the Bible is full of references like this one in Proverbs to the heart. This is because the Bible is full of it because God only knows too well what our human heart is, is really like and capable of when left to itself. And God's word, and this is another slight proof of how special God's word is and how it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. God's word never glosses over the major heart problem that we all have. It doesn't cover it over, pretend it's not there. It speaks it out. So we get verses like this from Jeremiah chapter 17, very well known to all of us, I'm sure. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, or in the older versions, or desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Now, we never really sort of fathom it out. And it goes on to say, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. Now, that can be a, could be a very uncomfortable experience when we realize that God is actually look, searching our heart and examining our mind. In Psalm 64, verse 6, it says this, Surely the human mind and heart are cunning. Now, a bit like we say a fox is cunning. Right, so it's a scheming almost going on sometimes in our hearts. And Jesus himself also knew the real heart of some of the people that were in the crowd around him at times. Um, and in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So that, that, that was like what we might call today two-faced. They put on a face for Jesus and pretend to be all holy and nice. In act, but in actual fact, their hearts were a million miles away from what Jesus um, thought was the right thing. And then in slide four, Sam, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, Jesus really sort of hammers this uh, aspect home about the attitude of our heart. Uh, and this is what it says. Jesus said it then, and he's saying it again, really, to us this morning as we sit under God's word and listen to what God's word is saying to us. So these are actually his words, and he says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the treasures in our lives, the things that we really invest our time, money and affections on, really reveal the trueness of our heart, what our heart is really like. Uh, jo, last week when she was speaking, kind of touched on this a little bit when she was saying that it really does matter who we allow to take up residency in our heart because who lives in our heart is then worked out in the way that we are appear to others in life. So it does matter what our heart, the condition of our heart is like. 
So I just sort of th uh, threw down a few examples. So like, for instance, if you were working all the hours of the day, you know, 24-7, you could say, uh, on your work, your career, then that is clear that m your career is number one priority in life. Nothing else really matters. Uh, if we spend all our money on accumulating lots and lots of positions, then that is our top priority. And we'll go after what our heart desires, no matter what the cost. Um, if we're in, absorbed in developing a hobby or a sport or some other pastime, that means we've got no time for our family or for our friends, then this has become the treasure and reveals just exactly where our heart is. It's, it's invested in that hobby, sport or whatever, and not perhaps on what he ought to be. Not saying that hobbies and sex are, are not right, it's just with the amount of time that perhaps we give to them. Right. And another one, um, if we are so busy with what we might think are good things on the surface, but we're only storing up temporary treasures if we haven't got time for our family, for, for other people, and most importantly, for God. Because the, then the evidence of our lifestyle that people, when they look at us, see is that we're giving our time, our money, our love to things in preference to God. Things are our priority and God, at best, is second place. And I'm not sure really God wants second place. He wants to be our first priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and the other things will follow on. But it needs to be God first. So, is there a solution? <laughs> is there a solution to this heart problem that we humans have? Can anything be done about it? Well, thankfully, the answer, of course, is yes, there is a, a solution. God knows the problem, and he, he has provided the solution. The Old Testament is full of stories, isn't it, where the human heart is at its worst, it does its worst. Some of the stories that we read in the Old Testament really paint a grim picture of us as humans. And we might be tempted perhaps to think that, well, what's the point? Everything's, you know, there's no redeeming us. But thankfully, the Old Testament is also full of hints at what God's solution to our human heart problem is. One of them is in the, the well-known Psalm, Psalm 51, which is David speaking to God after his terrible sins of adultery and murder. So, you know, that we, we often think of David as, as being a terrible sinner in that, in that sense. So if David can get things sorted, then, you know, we, we could stand a chance. David pleads with God in that Psalm, and this is a very important thing, I think, that God would create a new heart within him. He recognized that the heart he'd, he'd got, which uh, had failed miserably, he found himself you know, with, with an, another man's wife and ended up killing that, the husband to try and extricate him from the difficult circumstance he found himself in. And when David, uh, Nathan spoke to David and said, you're the man, 
he recognised then that his heart was way out of line and that the only way that it could be put right was to ask God to recreate his heart and put a new spirit within him. And obviously we all have got to come to that same point. And then another sort of highlight, if you like, in, in the um, uh, Old Testament point into God's solution, we find in Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, where God announces his plan for radical heart surgery. Now, we, we know about people having heart surgery, uh, but we all need God's heart surgery. And this is what he tells Ezekiel. He said, I, that's God, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart so that's God's solution he, he, he sees our normal human heart the, the core of us as a, as a human being is rotten to the core and he need, he wants to give us this new heart that will be tender and responsive to him and a new spirit the Holy Spirit within us to transform us so this is, this is God's amazing grace and it's his good news to all of us as humans. And the transformation of the heart, notice, is done by God. It's not something that we can do for ourselves. Now, an amount of hard work, dedication, willpower, whatever, will ever achieve the goal. We need the new heart that only God can give us we will always fail it's only God that can help us so we need to trust his solution so that we will have a heart that wants to store up treasures in heaven going back to the verse we spoke of earlier and when we ask God for that new heart we become what we say is a true Christian and the change in our relationship with God uh, is beautifully put, I think, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I think this is slide 6, Sam. Um, in the Living Bible, we, I used to read this when I was in my teens. And actually, Paul uh, referred to this um, at the start of the year, I think it is. Uh, and it, it, it puts it like this in the Living Bible translation. When someone becomes a Christian... He becomes a brand new person inside. He isn't the same anymore. A new life has begun. I love that aspect of it, becoming a brand new person. God has recreated the heart of you, made you completely new. You're not the same anymore. You'll never be the same again. A new life has begun. Now, when, if, when you think about a, um, a new life beginning, we now need to have a God put on that new heart. So coming back to our, where we started, above all else, guard your heart. So on a physical level, those who've had major heart surgery or even uh, just to you know, sort of suffer with a heart condition, they will be advised by their doctors to uh, live a healthy lifestyle, exercise, protect that new heart so that it will last. 
So the, uh, the idea carries forward into our spiritual heart. Yes, we're still human, and there will always be a constant battle between our old heart ways and the new heart ways that God wants to grow and develop in us. So how can we guard the new heart that God has given us? Well, we go back to where we started today. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. We all have many competing calls on our time and affections, but finding ways to guard our heart has to be above all of those. The verse says, above all else. So everything else that is part of our life, which in their own ways are important, but above all of those things, we need to consider putting this guard on our heart. Because as it says, everything we do will flow out from that heart. So we need the protection on it. And um, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus gives us a very good example of why that is important. And he points out to his listeners in this verse that the heart is the control center of our language. He says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart. So do you see why I'm saying that it, within our heart, it's important what we store up in there because it's that that spills out. So I'm, I'm sure that you know this to be true in your own life. I certainly do. That if our hearts are full of lies or bitterness or hatred, then it's highly likely when uh, something comes along to rattle our cage, that uh, when we speak, our language is going to be sometimes colourful, perhaps, hurtful and mean. And someone else... On the, is on the receiving end of the tongue lashing that we deal out. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if our heart is full of, you know, and so on, that's what's going to come tumbling out when we get caught in a situation, perhaps when we're off guard, and we, we end up saying things that we wish we hadn't said. And, of course, once they're spoken, you can't take them back. So that, that's sort of revealing what's in, in our heart and that comes spilling out when we find ourselves perhaps cornered in a situation um, and we're caught, as I say, we're caught off guard. We, we haven't got that guard on. Thankfully, Jesus refers to how the opposite is also true. He says, you know, from a good heart, good things come. If we seek to guard our heart and fill it with God's love and his ways, then the good things that are stored up in that heart will also spill out. And people who are watching us, because we are all watched constantly by people that we mix with each day, they're watching us, they will see the beauty of Jesus and the attitudes of Jesus because that's what we've got stored in our heart. 
So then how can we put this God in our heart? Well, I'll put in my notes, we need to feed the right wolf. So we're on slide seven, um, Sam. Uh, when I was uh, still at school, one of, the, one of the regular stories in assembly was about an Indian chieftain uh, and his grandson. And uh, grandson was sort of saying, you know, how, how is it that, I, that um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm good and sometimes I'm bad and I don't know how to, to be always good and so on. And the grandfather says, it is hard to live he says, yes, I agree with you, son. He says, I find it hard to live with these two wolves inside of me. These two wolves, they're constantly fighting to control my spirit. Young man, he said, the same fight, that's what's going on inside of you and every other person on earth. So the grandson thought about it for a moment and then asked his granddad, uh, so which wolf is going to win inside of you, Grandad? The old Indian chief said, the one that I feed, the one that I feed. So if he, fe if he feeds the good wolf, that good will triumph. If he feeds the bad wolf, the bad wolf will triumph. So you can imagine the applications in a school assembly, can't you? But <laughs> you know that. So that that thought came came to my mind, and then my mind trundled on, again connected with the Holy Spirit and Pentecost today to Galatians chapter five, where again where that talks about the battle for the heart, to which one is going to be supreme. The two forces within us that are constantly there. So in verses 19 to 21, as you all well know, I'm sure, we get a picture of the bad fruit that are growing or we can allow to grow in our heart. Things, and the quote is for sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like this. The list makes very difficult reading. All right. I was thinking there as I was reading outbursts of anger, you know, when we just lose it and what comes pouring out of our mouth, which we wish we'd not said. But other things that you, you know, you perhaps resonate with, that you struggle with. All right. These are the kind of things that we need to put the guard on our heart against. But that's only half of the story, isn't it? The other half, continuing on to the next few verses, verses 22 and 23 in Galatians 5, we find that if we feed the right wolf, feed on the right things and allow God's Holy Spirit to produce good fruit in our lives, then these things will take up the residency, referring back to Joe last week, the residency in our new heart. This is the heart that God wants to grow and mature inside of us, that where attitudes of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are filling up the space in our new heart that God has given us. 
Uh, how can we encourage these right things to fill up our heart? Well, I'm sure you all know your Bibles uh, as well enough. I'm just going to pick out three things. So there, there should be three things coming up on slide, slide 10, I think, Sam. All right, the first one is to love and praise the Lord with all your heart. Now, these verses I picked out because it says, with all your heart, this new heart that God has given you, love and praise the Lord with all your heart. And for this, I was thinking again, going back to David as an example. All right, we're in the, the Bible actually refers to David as a man after God's own heart, after all of the terrible things that he is recorded about him. He is known as a man after God's own heart because God answered his prayer, didn't he? He asked God to recreate his heart and give him a right spirit. And God answered his prayer. He did give David a new heart and a right spirit. So although David had many earthly treasures as a king, he would have been wealthy and beautiful palace and so on and so forth, and many privileges as a king, yet his priority, as we know from many of the Psalms in our, in our Bibles, his priority was to get to know God better and to spend time in prayer and worship, praising. Lots of our worship songs are based on Psalms. There were Lots of them were written by David. So there was that transformation. And I'm sure David would recognize this aspect of which wolf do I feed? Do I feed the good? Do I feed the bad wolf? He, in that part of his life, determined to follow God and follow the recreated heart that God had given him. So number one, so guard your heart by loving and praising the Lord with all of it. The second one, trust the Lord with all your heart. In the well-known words of Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, this verse was given to Dad when he was baptized, and so it's been sort of on our, my radar all, all of my life. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So how do we guard this new heart? Well, we trust God. We trust God. We've been reminded in some of the other things we've looked at this morning that it's no good trying to trust our own heart because it's going to fail every time. If we trust in our own heart and our own understanding of things, we're going to fail miserably. But this verse is a wonderful guide for our life because when we submit to God's heart of wisdom, that enables us to place the guard on our heart and he in turn will make our pathway clear. Not easy, not necessarily easy, but clear. We know where we should be going, following God's word, understanding the principles of God's word, which leads me on to the third one, which is obey the Lord with all your heart. In Psalm 119, verse 34, it says, Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. When we, we, we need to ask God to help us 
understand. This verse says, give me understanding. We need to ask God to help us to understand because when we understand why something is important, we're more likely to follow through, you know. Don't put your hand in the fire. Why? Well, because, you know, if you do, you're going to end up with badly burnt and you could be disfigured for life. Once a child understands that, they're going to stay away from the fire. It's the same principle. When we understand why God wants us to do certain things, that will help us to obey him with all our heart. Um, slide 11, please, Sam. The other verses from the passage in Proverbs give us guidance as well on keeping this God on our heart. So the, the passage starts with our verse, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And then it goes on, uh, slide 12, uh, Sam. It says in verse 24, so the next, very next verse, it says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, focus, fix your eyes on Jesus, we would say, wouldn't we now? Fix your gaze directly before you. Verse 26, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. And then finally in verse 27, do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So kind of if we bring those phrases up to date, next slide please, Sam, we would say, so keeping a guard on our heart will enable us to put a guard on what we say, what our mouths speak. Guarding our heart will help us put a guard on our mouth. Putting a guard on our heart will allow us to put a guard on our eyes and what they see and watch. Because God is in our heart, there will be things that we will not want our eyes to see. There will be things that we will not want to watch because God is in residence in our heart. And then uh, thirdly, when we put a guard on our hearts, that enables us to guard where we allow our feet to take us on the road through life. So there will be places that we wouldn't dream of going or there will be routes through life that we will perceive as not being wise because God has put that, we've allowed that guard on our heart and we've taken in from God's word the advice that he gives us. Now, I'm not pretending here that we're going to become perfect, obviously, because we're not. Remember what we've already said, that there is always this constant battle. But it's who are we feeding? Which part of our life are we feeding? Are we making sure that we give our time and attention to God and his word, that we're doing those three things, that we are loving and praising the Lord with all our heart? Are we trusting on his wisdom? with all our heart? And are we seeking to obey that wisdom with all our heart? And in that way, 
we can keep that God on our heart above all else. Above all else. So let's learn to live for the Lord with all our hearts and make him our priority. So that others will see that he is our priority. Because that's important for us as Christians. When we, we say that we're dedicated to the Lord, we need to, to, with his help and his spirit living within us, to live that out. Because we said already, people are always watching us. They're always watching. We might not like it sometimes, the, the thought. And when we cast, cast our mind back perhaps over some days and we think, oh dear, I really let the Lord down today in what I said or what I did. So that, that, that battle continues. But when we do really try and live for God with his help, we will begin to experience that life that Jesus envisaged for us, the kind of life that Jesus lived. Living a life that is filled with joy, as Mark was referring to a few weeks ago, and that that joy that is in that new heart that God has given us will overflow as we meet every day with people every day. So like the overflow of that good in our heart will flow out. So it says, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. So the overflow of our heart will pour out and become a blessing to those that we are living with day by day. So a, a question might be, so the people that you share your life with day by day or you meet up with, do they experience that overflow of blessing from, from your heart, from my heart? Do they, see, do they see Jesus spilling out? Do they see the joy that we have? The things that, if you go back to the Galatians verse, you know, the love, joy, peace. Do they see it? Do they see your gentleness? Do they see your goodness, kindness? Do they see your self-control? Do they see those things that God is growing, you're allowing God to grow and mature in your heart? So... Just a final word, let's just remind ourselves. Um, if you like, we can read it all together. So the, the verse for today is, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So I hope that that um, has been um, thought-provoking and a blessing to, to you, certainly a blessing to me as I've prepared, prepared it. And uh, take that thought with you through this week, put the guards on.